Discover the leader in you with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen, former New England Patriot turned PhD. I bring a new brand of inspiration and passion to audiences worldwide. Having served and consulted with Fortune 500 companies, the National Football League Players Association, and the White House, each week I will prescribe empowering, motivational, and life-changing medicine for your soul. Now, it's time to discover the leader in you. Well, hey, welcome everybody. This is Dr. Jason Carthen, a leadership linebacker, and I'm excited today. We're going to have a powerful show for you. And we're going to be talking about what does it take to pay your dues as you develop your craft. You know, many people are not in the business of thinking about that sort of thing out front. But today, if you are going to do anything, and that's anything that will be remembered in this lifetime as you pursue success, it will cost you something. Whether it costs you hard work, pain, adversity, or the loss of friends and family, there will be a payment required. So how do we pay our dues as we pursue our pur purpose and success? Some would say that it can be accomplished by expanding who you know or how much money you have or even luck. Well, today I tell you that it comes from hard work and paying your dues. Dues that are made up of sleepless nights, building authentic relationships, and a dependence upon faith while going through a process of stretching and breaking only to be remade on the other side even better than when you started. There will be some who do not want to see you do well. There will be some who will even stand in your way as an obstacle, but do not let that deter you. Pay your dues and your purpose will become more and more clear each day. Pursue it with passionate intention and you will be rewarded, but you must put in the work. On today's show, we have an example of a young woman who is operating in her purpose and passionately pursuing her dreams. A rising star in journalism, Heather Zwillenberg will be joining us live from New York to give her journalistic thoughts on what does it take to pay your dues as you develop your craft. But before we do that, just want to remind everybody, I definitely want to hear from you. You can call into the studio live at 1-888-281-1110. We'd love to hear from you. You can also tweet your questions to me, and I know we're periscoping right now. If you have questions, you can send those over. We'd definitely love to hear from you at Jason Carthen. Also want to remind everybody that I have some free personal development resources for you at jasoncarthen.com. Make sure you navigate over there. Just plug in what you want to see happen, and there's some things in there that will help you immediately, whether it's online courses, whether it's how to write a book, whatever it may be, we have those tools for you. All right? Now, without further ado, I want to introduce to you a simply amazing young lady. Heather Zwillenberg is a rising star in journalism who oversees all facets of the publishing arm of the Black Sheep Network. A talented writer, she has enjoyed a career in print media for nearly a decade. She has been published in the Queen's Courier, PSAL.org, and most recently, the Black Sheep Network. Instrumental in securing name recognition for independent artists all around the globe, she regularly interviews top talent in the music business including names like Ty Herndon and Nathan Osmond. And Nathan was on last week. He did an amazing job, everybody. Heather holds a degree in journalism from Brooklyn College and a master's degree in media studies from Pratt Institute. Heather, how are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? 
I'm doing well. You know, I've been excited to bring you on the show and I've been anticipating this. And I said, this is a perfect topic for Heather to kind of dive in, get her feet wet and definitely want to hear your side of it today. You ready to go? Ready to go. All right. Excellent. So one of the things that I think many people may think about uh, when they think about someone who's in journalism and they may be interacting with some of these these high level artists, you know, how do you do this? How do you get geared up for this every day? Do you have a secret force that you use to get ready? I just, you know, I, I do my research first and, and that's that's my getting ready. I mean, I, I Google. I say a lot. Google is uh, your friend. And I just get pumped up by reading and listening to the music. And then that just gets me ready for the interview. That's my favorite part is the interview interacting with people so that's nice. how it very nice very nice so you do your homework you engage and from there you sort of formulate some thoughts and some ideas and you're ready to go then huh exactly yeah i, I come up with like a standard based 10 questions and then depending on how the interview is going the conversation i you know i ad lib and and so forth nice very nice so Heather, let me ask you this. You know, from what age did you know that you wanted to do this sort of thing in life? Because many people, they they just kind of go through life and life washes over them. But at what age did you know you wanted to do this? I, I would say 15. Um, unfortunately, when I was 15, I was hit by a car and that kind of put stuff into perspective. And I really bucked down and decided what I wanted to do was writing. Now, at first it was sports, uh, sports journalism. I did that from majority of my career is sports journalism from high school, high school sports from bowling to basketball, baseball, football, soccer, and everything in between. Okay. So I was going to say 15. Wow. So now <laughs> just for our listeners, we got to back up <laughs> so we can go forward. I mean, you just, you kind of threw that out there. You said hit by a car. Yeah. Uh, what happened? I mean, give us some backstory there. I mean, was it severe? I mean, what, what took place? I mean, it, it could have been a lot worse. Um, it was it was a Labor Day, and so you know, sun was it, it was sun was still setting late and stuff like that. So they they said I got lost in the, in the sun, but I was extremely lucky. I, I mean, my knee got pretty messed up, but my head never touched the ground. And really, the only thing was I had like four torn ligaments in my knee and, and that kind of stuff. But in, in retrospective, I was extremely lucky. Wow. Okay. So that, that sounds like it was still kind of severe though. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah. It, I mean, but again, I mean, I could have, like when I hit the ground, my arm was underneath my head. So my my head never hit the ground. So I never had any head injury. So, I mean, it was severe, but it could have been a lot worse. Okay. Okay. My goodness. And so you also had, uh, what you alluded to there was a passion for sports journalism. Yeah. Sports. Uh, yeah. It was, yeah. I, Around September um, September 11th, so I was 11 years old, and there was two things on TV. You know, news about everything that was going on, and then baseball. So okay. I really got into baseball, and from there, sports became a passion. Nice. Very nice. Okay, so did you have a favorite player at that time, or what was that like? My favorite, yeah, it was the Yankees. Um, okay. And... But my favorite players actually played long before I, I was born. So it was Bobby Mercer and Lou Gehrig. 
So those oh. are my two favorite players. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Very good. Very good. So, and if if everyone can't hear us, you know, she said the Yankees, you know, and you know that, that's all right. I mean, we're we're here with the Cleveland Indians, but that's that's okay. That's all right. That's Shout all out right. to the Indians right now. <laughs> so now, Heather, let me ask you this: Now you are you're doing some amazing things, and you're getting in front of a lot of uh, big name people. You know, did you feel like uh, that's something that you were going to aspire to one day? Like you just knew that was going to happen or did this sort of thing just sort of fall into your lap? I, I would say fall into my lap when when I was. But fall into my lap, but also a lot of hard work when I was doing sports journalism. So when I was when I've been published on PSL.org and Queens Courier, um, it was high school sports. Um, I kind of had an in to high school sports because. My mom is a principal of a mm-hmm. high school. Okay. So that that's what I was doing. I was doing all types of high school sports. And in back in February, actually back last September, a year ago, I became friendly with someone on Facebook because of a, of a voice contestant, James David Carter on The Voice. Okay. And through interacting with her, I ended up getting into writing about country music. So I never thought it would be, I thought maybe down the line, maybe 10 years from now after working in sports, I'll be able to get in front of the big names interviewing wise, but mm-hmm. never this soon. Wow. Yeah. And it seems like you are doing some things that people aspire to do their whole lives and they don't get that opportunity. And, you know, really just as a reminder, the topic for today's show is what does it take to pay your dues? as you develop your craft. And it sounds like you've been paying your dues for a long time. I mean, you've been grinding and doing some things and, and now it's given you that sort of inroads uh, with some of these people. And that's, that's great. That is uh, great. So let me ask you from a very uh, practical perspective, what do you hope to accomplish, you know, from your writing and the different stories that you're putting together? I mean, I just want, it's not even uh, something from myself. It's a lot of these artists that I've interviewed have become like my friends, Mike Nathan. And um, by my writing, I hope that it brings them something. Yeah, I'll eventually, it'll, it'll bring me notoriety too, but my main thing is is, is allowing my, my writing, if it brings them something, if it brings them, let's say, a, a record deal or, or a new fan or something like that, that's the way I get gratification out of it. Mm. Very good. So at the end of the day, you are trying to not only create opportunities for others, but hopefully in the process, you know, you're going to have some things that will allow you to continue to give back long term, even for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And that comes from exactly. And that comes from my mom. Both my parents have been educators for many years. My father is now retired. My mom's still in the educational system uh, for since the 70s. So mm-hmm. I think from, and my mom is a high school principal. She was a high school, she's still a high school principal. She's not central. She was a high school principal of a high school with over 3,000 students for for a long time. And seeing her work to better the lives of the students mm-hmm. uh, really came across on me. And that's what I'm trying, I'm not only trying to better myself, but trying to better the opportunities for the artists that I write about. Excellent. Excellent. Now, now, Heather, it sounds like you you have uh, quite a bit of maturity. <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> in your position, they wouldn't be uh, thinking about that. I, I think this uh, 
this generation gets a bad rap a lot of times. And people say that, hey, you know, they're all about themselves and they just want what they want. But it sounds like you are taking a page out of the servant leaders book that says that, hey, I care more about those that I serve than I care about myself. So, I mean, where'd you learn this maturity from? Was it from mom uh, serving yeah, as a uh, principal? Okay. Yeah, definitely. It was my, I would, on my days off from school, if I had a day off, sometimes, you know, staff doesn't, I would go with her to, to work. I would go to her with work on when she ran Saturday school. So I, I think it definitely comes from her. Um, even though I've told people I do not want to go into teaching just because <laughs> I tell people I know too much. But uh, I, it, it did. That kind of work ethic, that kind of maturity did, definitely did come from her. Okay. Okay. Excellent. So you said you know too much. What's that all about? <laughs> <laughs> about the underlinings of the educational system. I mean, teachers no. and, and principal and all education should be paid more, in my opinion. Oh, and, no, I agree. But, I agree but, with that. <laughs> but to go into the profession, I just know, like, I told, I told my high school principal before when I was in high school things that he would mark teachers for, let's say, give them tell him they had to improve and I would tell him that my teacher didn't do it so and that would just send them into a laughing frenzy I know things that an educator would know after being in the system for 30 years and that kind of stuff so yeah wow you know to your point and and I don't want to get too far off topic here but the reality is you know we have to really take care of those who are really taking care of the next generation you know, and, and I think that's that's an ongoing thing. You know, when you're talking about paying your dues as the uh, topic for today's show, the reality is a lot of our educators go through a lot in order to uh, be able Definitely. to teach and lead. So now switching gears here before we take a break here in a second. How do you lead? How do you lead others in the midst of trials? I mean, I uh, I am a sounding board. I would say I, uh, for any of my colleagues or friends who are, are going through something, I let them sound, let them just, I guess, vent. And after hearing them vent, that's when I give them advice. And I just kind of try to encourage them and um, try to just be in, uh, have them reinstill faith in themselves. Because if you don't have confidence in yourself, you're not going to get through any sort of trial or any sort of problem that you have. If you have no confidence in yourself, you're just going to stay in that rut. Mm, okay. Now, see, and that's good. A lot of people don't understand that whole self-confidence piece. That will buoy you through so many things. But at the end of the day, you know, Heather, if you haven't had that sort of thing modeled to you and you haven't had to go through any sort of things to – to deal with it, uh, that self-confidence will be found wanting uh, when things start yeah. to press in. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I was, I think until that happened with the car accident for me, I would let my self-confidence, I would, I had no self, I was bullied as a kid. So I think until then, until I realized how fragile life could be and stop caring about what others would say to me, that's when I, uh, I, I I got that self confidence, so I had I had to have that tragic event happen for me to to just believe in myself and, and just take one each day as it comes. Wow, Heather, that is good stuff. And as a matter of fact, I want to spend some time with that. We're going to take a quick break. 
But then when I come back, we're going to pick this back up. Hey, everybody, you are listening to the Leadership Linebacker on Discover the Leader in You. We are talking to Heather Zwillenberg today, and we're talking about what does it take to pay your dues as you develop your craft. Make sure you stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Discovered Leader in You. This is Dr. Jason Carthen. We're talking to Heather Zwillenberg. And Heather, before we transition, we were talking about the idea of confidence. And the reality is that, you know what, people go through different things and either they have one or two things that can take place, you know, especially when they have people that are against them or people that are not supportive or different things that are taking place in their lives. You know, they can actually either rise to it and deal with it or they can move into a place where it's like, ah, you know what, I just can't even overcome this sort of thing and I'm just going to give up. And it sounds like after that car accident with you, you were able to rise and you developed this certain level of uh, self-confidence. I mean, what, what recipe would you give for others who may be going through some different things and they would want to develop this self-confidence? For me, I was I was hooking on to a passion um, when I decided that I wanted to do writing and I wanted to be in, it, writing in sports. That's what helped me rise up. I um, so I started just diving in. I took journalism classes in school and then started writing for the school paper. And it was really just hooking on to a passion. So I think if if you are struggling, try to hook on to something that you love and just put all your your concentration into that. Mm. Excellent. That that's great advice. Great advice. Well, and just as a, a just an education note here for everybody, my wife just walked into the studio, and I know she has some uh, things she may want to share. Em, how you doing today? Doing okay. I'm not sure that I'm not sure if the mic is on or or what's going on at this point. But uh, hey, I'm excited to have Em in the studio and uh, we're excited to uh, engage uh, Heather a little bit. Heather, were you able to hear Em at that point? No. Oh, okay. Excellent. Um, well, we'll get that all figured out and uh, we'll be able to be able to move forward here in a moment. You know, I think one of the things that uh, we always have to remember is that, you know, you want to do something that you're passionate about something that you really care about. And one of the things I wanted to ask you, Heather, is what is it about writing that you love? I express how I'm feeling. And I love just being able to share my thoughts on an artist or share a story that will bring other people entertainment. It's a, it's a form of entertainment and it allows people, not everybody likes to watch TV or or go on, on the internet all the time. And especially living in New York, reading is, is sort of a part of our culture because of the subway. So, and most stations still don't have Wi-Fi. So if you're able to have something on your phone, download it and read it and stuff like that, I think it's just a great way of entertainment. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things that the more you can create something that you feel passionate about, the better it will be, the better the finished product will be. I mean, would you agree with that? Definitely. Excellent. Definitely. Excellent. Now, M, 
I think you're with us now. Can can we hear you? Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. <laughs> hey, yeah. imagine that technology. <laughs> so with, with that being said, you know, Em, did you have any thoughts for Heather at all? Just in uh, your passion for writing, you know, what specifically is it that you love about the writing? Like you said, it's an entertainment, but it, we keep coming back to what you're doing to help others. What does it do for you? What does Heather get out of it? It's hard to explain. I, I just love being able to, it's, it's a form of expression for me. Uh, even though I don't put my my thoughts into it per se, it's just a way of, of me. It's also entertainment for myself to create a process. I, I love, uh, I end up reading the article like four or five times after I write it. And it's just a way for me to entertain myself and also the, the yep. creative process as well awesome and so has there been anybody in particular who's helped you get where you are today um i would say where the first person that encouraged me is actually an english teacher in in high school uh john jones he uh he was my english regents prep teacher and he would ask me what do you want to do and i would say i want to write i want to write for a newspaper and he would say then join the, the journalism class go take the journalism class so on his insistence that's what i did and and so if if it wasn't for him insisting i join that class then i don't think i'd be in okay and do you do you still stay in contact with him today to yeah. read any of your stuff okay that's yeah. awesome yeah. that's awesome and so in this journey what has been the most surprising thing to you you know from from accomplishing your goals to to working on this on a daily basis what has been the most surprising thing I think the most surprising thing for me is actually that most of the artists that I've I've interviewed, or people I've interviewed, have become friends. And I never thought that it would happen. I would interview in high school some people, but the contact would stop there. And I think the connection I've been able, I've been able to form with people has been the most surprising thing for me. Okay. One of the things that Dr. Carthen often talks about is how, you know, it's, it's all about the relationship and it sounds like you're doing your purpose, you're living out your passion. And so because of the connections that you have, you continue the relationship with them, not because they're good people or you're good people, but because you love what you do and it's it's something that's worth, you know, continuing on. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. Okay. So why write about independent country music artists? I think, uh, in today's country music world, it's really tough to get your music out there. Uh, it costs a lot of money, and a lot of these artists, their songs are great. They put a lot of work into it. They just don't have the funds. And with the work that, that the interviews I do, the, the music that is played on the Black Sheep Network, and that kind of stuff, we're able to spread the music out there for everybody to hear, and it just gives it, it's helping them. So that's why I write about independence. So they have a chance to have their music heard. That's awesome. And so um, I guess another question would be then, you've been published at such a young age with with all the writing that you've done, the journalism um, clubs that you were with, and you were first published at 17, was it? Yes. And so how did you feel when your first article was published? What type of, can you paint us a picture of how it was, how you felt? That was, that was exciting. I actually printed out, I think I printed out probably 100 copies, and I was just, like, giving them to anyone I knew, anyone that, that would, would read it. It was really exciting. I was I was blown away that I 
I met with them in like I met with the PSAL in the end of October, and a few weeks later, I already had an article up. So it was just it was just really shocking, exciting, and overwhelming. All at the same time, huh? Yeah. Was there anything in there that had you second guessing what you were doing? Where you were like, okay, do I even want to submit this to get published, or were you just like, I'm gonna just go ahead and submit this and see what happens? I it was it was I really didn't have the structure down of an article yet. Uh, that was before I started, right before I started the journalism class, it was, it, or it was the right, it was right in the beginning of the class, mm-hmm. and so I really didn't have the structure down. So I was worried that they wouldn't. They wouldn't put it up because it didn't have the right form, but they did, and I was just extremely happy. So what would you say to somebody that's out there now who's either in high school, college, or even an adult such as myself who's who's on the verge of trying to get something published who may be second-guessing themselves? What kind of advice would you give them? I would just say believe in what you write if, if you're writing. If you do have... A question, don't hesitate to ask someone. I mean, there's so many people through the internet, through Twitter, Facebook, that you can contact a teacher, a professor, um, that you have a question on something, just don't be, don't hesitate to ask. They're there to help, and they can only help you with the article. And just, again, the confidence is a big factor. Awesome. That, I mean, it's just amazing what you do. And, and just hearing your heart and everything, I just uh, want to thank you again for even agreeing to do the show today. I think us interviewing you is kind of a little bit different since you're always doing the interviewing. And so I'm just very grateful to, to be able to ask you some of these questions for our listeners and for myself as well. Um, not everybody can just grab uh, a pen or a laptop at this point and, and get out there and just uh, try to get these articles done. So um, I thank you for the work that you're doing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. And so, and moving forward, um, we had Nathan on the show last last week, and he was a great guest. But for you, um, interviewing artists like him and like Ty Henderson and countless other artists, tell me a little bit about your experience with that and how you feel when, you th- when you're interviewing them. I, uh, before each call that I make, even if I, like Nathan, I've spoken, I've interviewed him, I think it's three or four times now. I, I do have a little nervous energy, and once I call, it's like I'm talking to an old friend. Flow uh, of the questions. Once I'm starting, it's like I'm having a conversation, not an interview. And I really enjoy that process, getting to know the artist and, and just hearing their story. Awesome. Have you ever encountered an interview where you thought, okay, it's going to go this way? I'm going to, you know, interview this person. Things are going to. I'm going to ask these questions, and then your interview just takes a total different direction because of the conversation style that you're having with them. Has that ever happened? Yeah, definitely. I I come up with a base of 10 questions, and then I go with the flow of the conversation. Now, there have been times where there was a recent I thought it was going to last 20 minutes, and it's lasting over an hour and a half. So I I never go into it with a set plan of how I think it's going to go. I come in with some base questions just so I have – I don't come in there and not know what I want to ask. Then I I go with the flow of the conversation always, what the artist says, and ask questions off of what they say. So it's pretty much based off of the chemistry that you have. It could go from you asking them, you know, why they love to do what they do, and then it just turns into, you know, whatever the conversation leads. But you have your base that you can go back to every now and then. Definitely. Awesome, awesome. 
Well, I do want to encourage all our listeners who are out there, if you have any questions for Heather, you know, we are here live and you can give us a call at 1-888-281-1110. And remember, you can also tweet live at jasoncarthen.com. We have a rising star in the making who is interviewing celebrities such as Nathan and Ty Henderson. And we just we're very grateful to have her on the show today. Um, Heather, let me know with this journey again, what are some of the biggest challenges um, for new graduates transitioning from the workforce into the area that you're at? I think getting your articles published. Um, I think if you don't have, if you don't know where to go or you don't, you haven't found a place, that's kind of the hardest thing. There are a lot of avenues that you can get your article published, but it's just hard to find the right fit. And I think that's the biggest thing the hardest thing, finding the right fit fit and place for your article. When you say finding the, the, the best fit for your article, can you like expand a little bit on that? What were some of the challenges? Like, like, um, like for me, new, not a lot of places cover independent artists. A lot of people, a lot of news, country, uh, news places, they want the star. They want the Blake Shelton's, the Luke Bryan's and those kind of names. And so just trying to find what that would be interested. If you're going to, for instance, if I send in an article on someone independent to country people, the country version of People magazine, they're not going to give it the time of day because it's not that big name star. So you just have to know your audience and know where you're sending your article to. Okay. And so do you in the same, in the same breath get to decide who you want to relinquish your article to as well? I can send it to other places. I, I choose to send it one place, but uh, to the But I know a few places that would post it if I wanted to. Uh, and again, it's just trying to because if I again, if I send if you send a, a baseball article to NFL.com, they're not going to post it. Right. So it's just trying to find that right fit. Right. Awesome. Well, that, I mean, it's all the information you're sharing with us today. I hope the listeners are out there getting something from it. I hope that everybody is uh, taking down notes. Uh, the main thing that we can take away from this is uh, don't be afraid to express yourself or to get out there and to interview somebody to try to help them make a difference while you're making a difference. Um, Heather, tell us a little bit more about uh, some of the interviewing techniques. Are there any secrets to interviewing somebody to make it um, a little bit more successful? I think a uh, uh, main thing you can't you can be excited about interviewing someone, but you have to try to sound professional, not like you're a fan of the person. Uh, my goal one day is to interview Blake Shelton, uh, but I know I am going to have to practice and, and, and hold in my emotions when I do that because I'm a fan. So you don't want to sound like if you're interviewing someone, you don't want to sound like you're fangirling or fanboying them. You want to just sound as calm as possible you could be nervous but just try to sound as calm as per, uh, and have a game plan going in yeah i don't follow a set plan but have like like i said a set so set 10 set questions are mm-hmm. a little thing to have going in okay. so you know you have an idea of what you're doing to so have an idea of what you're doing in the interview what you want to get out out of the interview and then just be as calm as possible 
Yeah, I, I bet if I was interviewing somebody that uh, was very famous, I, I don't know if I could hold in my contempt <laughs> of how being, I'd be nervous as well and wondering where my 10 questions were. Uh, so I can only imagine uh, a goal of, of interviewing Blake or even like Carrie Underwood mm-hmm. or somebody like that, how, how exciting it could be for you. So definitely be in prayer that that comes out for you. What other goals do you have with writing? What, what are you looking forward to in the future besides interviewing a bigger artist? I'm um, getting my articles to bigger audiences. I think uh, it would be awesome to to get an article published in People magazine or or Rolling Stone and, and, and those larger type magazines. I think that would be my goal right now. Yet yeah, to get into a larger to a larger audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I I've just been listening to this interaction going back and forth, and M, thank you. It sounds like you, you're you coming with some great questions. And Heather, I, I love this uh, sort of forward-looking uh, perspective you have. And, you know, the whole thing with uh, Blake Shelton, I guess we need to reach out to him then. Maybe we can get him on the <laughs> show and maybe get you back on the show, and, and we'll make some things happen uh, in that way. I think at the end of the day, you know, when we talk about what does it take to pay your dues as you develop your craft, you're going to you're going to bump into things. We all want to be at a certain place in our growth and development. But as certain things come into our purview, you know, we have to be able to deal with them in a certain way. And it sounds like you are preparing yourself to be able to do that, Heather. And so I, mm-hmm. I really appreciate uh, that maturity yet again. And like I said, just listening to that exchange, I think it's just it's amazing uh, what you have coming down the pike here uh, very soon. We're going to take a quick break here, uh, everybody. I'm really excited that uh, we've had uh, Heather on today, and I'm hoping that people can continue to uh, connect with her when we come back. When we come back, we'll uh, unleash a couple more things for you guys. Sorry, my, my handsome husband there had a tickle in his throat, so uh Stay tuned. We are talking about uh, how to discover a leader in you here with Heather and uh, paying your dues. Stay tuned, everybody. Everybody, you are listening to Discover the Leader in You with your host, Dr. Jason, and myself, M. We are talking about what does it take to pay your dues as you develop your craft with Heather. And before we went on break, Heather, you were sharing some great things with us about your future goals and what um, some of the things that you're looking out to reach as an interviewer and some of the different uh, audiences you're trying to target. And so just want to remind the audience that we have a, a lot of information here that Heather's sharing with us on how to not be afraid to just get out there and uh, chase after it. Um, and before we, we went on break, I mean, we were just kind of covering everything. And so I just want to thank you again, Heather, for sharing. Yeah, Heather, I think that <clears throat> at the end of the day, I just want to apologize, too, to the, <laughs> to the listening audience. I had a cough there, and I didn't want to cough right into the mic. But, you know, I think one of the things that um, I've been able to glean just from the initial portion of the interview is just understanding that everyone has different perspectives in terms of how they deal, uh, how they uh, really adapt to things that come into their purview. And, Heather, it sounds like you – Starting from some challenges with that whole car accident thing and what took place with that, you were able to not only deal with that, but excel because of the increased confidence that was taking place and then also find your passion as well. I mean, would you agree with that? Definitely. Yeah. I think if it wasn't for that, I don't know if I would have found 
might have eventually found it, but I don't know if I would have found my passion at such a young age. Right, right. And I, and I think for our listening audience, they need to get in touch with that because every day that we walk this thing out, uh, we have a choice. We can either rise and do exceptionally well, or we can just kind of stay where we are. I mean, I, I put a post out, an article uh, earlier this week that at the end of the day, mediocrity is a slow spiritual death. And you can hang there all you want, and you can become complacent and just live there. But if you have a reality in your life that you want to do something different, you go after it, and you do the best you can. And, Heather, I just want to applaud you because, you know, many people settle in life, and they just uh, hang out in the status quo area, but you're not doing that. What makes you different today? I think, again, it's that support system I have and the example I had I have in my mom. I think we're seeing her work. She she came from Cuba when she was nine years old with my grandmother and my and my, my grandfather, and so she worked her herself. She learned English in a year and then worked her way up, to becoming a teacher, assistant principal, and a principal. And at the time that she became an assistant principal and principal in that school, there wasn't many women Hispanic uh, assistant principals or principals. So I think it's mainly having that example in front of me, and that's why that's why I have. I'm more mature and, and I have the goals that I have because watching my mother. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And you said she learned English in one year? <laughs> yeah, from I Love Lucy. Oh, <laughs> now see, you've been holding out on us, Heather. That's something <laughs> that uh, we all needed to hear that. You know, <laughs> so many times uh, we get into situations that, you know, it's almost like there's some insurmountable odds and it sounds like your mom, I mean, she's a trooper. I mean, she's... Yeah, she's... She is. She, she's come a long way, you know, from coming from Cuba and then from, yeah. But, and then when she first got here, she was supposed to be in fourth grade, but they put her in first grade because of the language barrier. So it was just is that that she her work ethic just rubbed off on me. Yeah, that is great. Now, so in keeping it on topic here, relative to what does it take to pay your dues as you develop your craft? You know, let me ask you this, Heather. The more that you're exposed to other writers and different things that you see in the in the writing industry in that way, do you feel like there are some areas where you need to improve or do you feel like, hey, you're just kind of on autopilot right now or just kind of where are you at? I, I believe that there's always room for improvement. So I, I'll read something and, and if I like the style, I'll, I'll take note of it. I mean, there's, there's, if there's ever a point where I think that I should, I don't need to improve. I don't think I should be in the business anymore. I think you should, there's always room for improvement in anything you do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, there's, uh, it's what I like to call growth edges. I mean, I think at the end of the day, we always want to, develop. And I think you're dead on, you know, the more that you can get exposure to others and how they write uh, and how they are doing things, then it's just different tools for your toolbox at that point. Um, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that I learned a long time ago, especially as I was going through my doctoral program, is that, you know what, the more you can understand uh, the growth areas in your life and the growth edges, the greater that you can be long term. We're all in a state of becoming. The moment that you feel like, hey, you know, I've arrived, that's a very dangerous place to be in. So 
That's good stuff. Very good stuff. So, Heather, what's on the horizon for you? Because I, I know that you're still doing a lot uh, in terms of, of your writing uh, with Black Sheep, but then also, what else? What are some other things uh, that Soon you have coming, coming up? I'll be having my own show. Uh oh, Heather, you're breaking up. Oh, looks like we're losing Heather there. Still there? No, no. The only thing I heard was uh, soon I have my own <laughs> show, and you just dropped a bombshell and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but uh, soon I'm gonna have my own radio show on the Black Sheep Network. Now I don't know. We don't. I don't know when yet. That'll that'll become available soon. But I will be having my own show, and that'll be another way for me to to do interviews and to allow people to hear the music of these independent artists. Oh, great! So it's going to be more of a a blend. I know sometimes we'll even do that here on Discovery Leader and You. We'll have some uh, song segments, but then we'll also have the talk show portion of it. Is that more of what you're leaning towards, or are you? What are you thinking there? Are you just going to do the uh, artists, and then every now and then have maybe a guest, or what? No, I, I think I'm going to do a blend. I think I'm going to try as much as possible to have a lot of the time filled up with interviews and and do a blend of of like you said of songs and of interviews. Okay. Okay. Heather, I think that's a great idea. And you let us know when that's going to actually drop. And we'd love to be able to let everybody know about it. Um, and as much as we can, we'd love to be able to help you uh, with that. Now, uh, one of the things I have to ask you, because I do all the writing for my show and, and my bride, you know, she every now and then she'll try and help out, you know, she'll write a little bit, but I do all the writing. So are you going to write for your show or what are you going to do? I am going well, I, I it's going to be on the Black Shoot Network. So I think the writing part about it is just going to be uh, my articles will come up. Um, other than that, I think on, for the show, I'll have my set amount of questions like mm-hmm. I do on a regular interview, but it's just going to be off the, off the cuff, um, seeing how the conversation goes. Uh, and then with the songs, that the songs I play, I plan to do that solely on request only. Oh, (laughs) okay. Request only. So you're going to have to have some lead time for that then. How are you going to set up the uh, request only? Are you going to let people know during the week? You know? Yeah, that's what I think I'm going to do. I think like a day or two in advance, I'll post up the question, what do you want to hear? And if, if I don't get enough uh, requests to fill up the show, then I'll, then I'll choose some, but that's what I I plan to do. uh, Request. Okay. Excellent. I like that. I like that. You know, one of the things, and we're getting ready to take a break here in about uh, 60 seconds, but one of the things that uh, I wanted to ask you, what is it What is it like where you are right now? Are you in Brooklyn or where are you at New York? I am in Brooklyn. Okay. All right. So do you have to have a different sort of flavor to write uh, in Brooklyn or what? what's the thing? I mean, give me a little backstory here before we segue to break. I mean, being from Brooklyn, I mean, yeah, all that attitude, but I think Brooklyn also gets that rap. <laughs> it's a stereotype. Writing <laughs> in Brooklyn, I mean, I like for an online station, so I, I, I feel like I don't need to. It's not like I have to write a certain way. Being from Brooklyn, the only thing is people don't 
really know what part of Brooklyn I'm from. I mean, I'm from Mill Basin, which is the southern tip, So, and it's away from everything. So I like to tell people I live in the Idaho of Brooklyn. <laughs> far away from everything. So. Oh, my goodness. All right, we're going to segue and take a break, but we're going to pick that back up when we come back to Idaho of Brooklyn. <laughs> okay, that's good stuff. Hey, everybody, we are talking to Heather Zwillenberg, and I tell you, this young lady has a bright future. Don't go anywhere. This is Dr. Jason Carthen on Discovered Leader in You, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Boy, wonder. All right, you are listening to Discover the Leader in You. I am M here in the studio live with Dr. J, and we're talking to Heather about what does it take to pay your dues as you develop your craft. Heather, before we went on break, you were talking about living in the Idaho of Brooklyn, uh, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, so before I let Dr. Carthen dive into that a little deeper, um, you had mentioned something about letting people do some requests for your up and coming show. Can you tell yeah. us how we would do that? How would we request something? You know, are you on Facebook, Twitter? Do you have an email account and phone number? We right. want to get people out here. Uh, connected with you, but um, yes. if you could share that with us, that'd be great. Uh, it would be mostly on Twitter, and that's at H Zwillenberg. Uh, so it's H Z W I L L E N B E R G. So that that would that's what I'm thinking mostly on Twitter. Okay, um, great, great. Well, give that one more time, Heather, just so people know how to uh, stay connected with you. That's good. At H Z W I L L E N B E R G. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Make sure you go out there and uh, follow Heather. I think that would be good. And Heather, you know, you. so you said you are at the southernmost tip and yes. uh, the, the idea of the Idaho of Brooklyn. <laughs> Give me some words because the, the, the visual image is throwing me off right now. <laughs> well, not, well, I live in a very residential area. There is no restaurants. But the main thing for me is I take public transportation everywhere. I don't drive. Um, as a part-time job, I, I work at Yankee Stadium. So I'm in guest services at Yankee Stadium. Oh, and nice. Okay. So it takes me two hours to get there and two hours to get back because of the part of Brooklyn I live in, we only have one bus that comes into this part. Oh, wow. So I have to take a bus to the train to another train to get to Yankee Stadium. Uh, Coney Island, for a lot of people know Coney Island. That's an hour and a half away from uh, public transportation. So that, that's what I mean, the Idaho of Brooklyn, because it's, it's far away from everything, and a lot of people, if I say I'm from Mill, they're like, even people from Brooklyn, they'll be like, so what part of Brooklyn are you from? I'm like, Mill Basin. They're like, where? So Wow. <laughs> <laughs> not a lot of people know, and, and literally, if you go a half a block up, you're in Jamaica Bay. So from me, so that that's why I say I'm in Idaho. All right, I like that, and I love the little educational component uh, piece of that. You just component there. You really uh, share some knowledge <laughs> there. So, and Heather, I I can't say it enough. I really want to see you do well, and this this whole idea of grinding the way you are grinding right out the gate. You know, obviously you're paying your dues. You're doing what it takes, and. And that whole little piece that you shared that there that we would not have known the whole one and a half hours to get to certain places and public transportation, you are still in the midst of grinding. You're paying your dues yeah. right now. So I just I applaud you. I remember and just for our listening audience, I remember uh, getting transfers and taking the bus and going downtown and going to other places and 
whatever it would take to to work and, and make it. You know, I tell people all the time, don't let where I'm at now fool you because it's <laughs> it's been a struggle. I'm stuck on the whole two hours. I'm like, wow, I could get so much done in two hours as opposed to now <laughs> where I'm driving the kids to soccer and then to volleyball. And do, I'm like. How much writing do you get done in that time span? Do you take a notebook with you? Are you jotting down ideas? Good I actually question. don't because it, it I can't read on a moving vehicle. Oh. It makes me sick. But that's where I catch up on sleep. Okay. Hey, well, here's a tip for you. My uh, <laughs> husband taught me this. We t- We travel a lot with our kids and... I can't read in the car either because I get sick. And he said, you know what, Em, if you take your pointer finger and you point at the words, it will help. And believe believe it or not, it actually does help because I was going to school when we did a lot of our traveling. And yes. you have to get it in where you can. And so I think two hours, wow, I could probably get a, a good amount of chapters done. But next time you're on the bus, uh, try try using your <laughs> finger to guide the words and see if that works. And let us know, too. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, it sounds like Heather uh, enjoys getting sleep. <laughs> on the well, bus. Yes, um, when I was tweeting you the other day, I was actually still at Yankee Stadium. I was, in, I was actually running the manual scoreboard at Yankee Stadium, and I didn't get home from that game until one thirty in the morning. So. Oh my goodness! Oh, okay. So let me let me get you to do this then. Next time you go to Yankee Stadium, I need you to tweet me a picture. Something along those lines, and just let me know, and then I'll get it out everywhere. <laughs> get it posted you out everywhere. It. Okay, Tuesday. Excellent. That's the next time. That's the that's the first the playoff game, the one game wild card game. So all right. That, so I, Tuesday, I'll, I'll tweet you a picture. All right, I look forward to getting that picture. Well, hey everybody, we're getting ready to transition out here, and I just want to let everybody know I do not take you for granted today. Having Heather on the show has been great and just want to remind all of our studio audiences that are just tuning in, you know, at the end of the day, Discover the Leader in You is for you. We want to grow and develop you not only as a individual, but also to help your companies, your goals, whatever it may be. And having people like Heather on today, you know, hopefully that has been something that will encourage you. Make sure that you understand we all have to pay our dues, but as long as we stay the course, great things can happen. Heather, thanks again for being on the show. I just want to tell everybody, thank you for being a part. Take care now. You've been listening to Discover the Leader in You with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen. We want to hear from you. Connect with us now. Visit our blog and visit our website at jasoncarthen.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Enterprises. Follow us on Twitter at Jason Carthen. Let's keep the conversation going. And if you want to listen to the podcast, go to jasoncarthenradio.com. Be sure to join us every Sunday at 2 p.m. on AM 1420, The Answer, to discover the leader in you.